Welcome back, everybody, here with another episode of the Pursuit of Progress podcast. As always, I'm here with one of my best friends and co-host, Ben Adams. Ben, how is your weekend going? Oh, it's going awesome. I'm so excited to be here today. I have a really exciting message to share um, and looking forward to, to doing that and jumping right into it. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, we're uh, going to be really doing a deep dive today all about adversity. And this is going to be a kind of a two-part series. This week, first episode, we're going to share more about Ben and some adversities he's faced in his life and how those have really turned into some of the biggest blessings and opportunities for growth. So I'm really excited just to kind of have everybody listening, just to learn a little bit more about that and hopefully get some nuggets from this um, story and hopefully apply it to their own lives somehow. So That's ben, right. without uh, any further ado, let's just kind of jump right into it. So, um, you know, adversity is a topic that we both talk about with each other a lot, but also a lot of our um, listeners and just people we've been engaging with recently since we started our podcast have also yeah. brought this up with just being a, a topic that they also can relate to. So we wanted to get a little bit more personal with our stories. So um, Ben, tell me a little bit more about what we're going to talk about today with adversity. Yeah, you know, today I wanted to, to share my story on my divorce. Um, it was a very traumatic time during my life. One of the most difficult things I've ever gone through. Uh, it's been six years. I went through my divorce in 2018. Here we are in 2024. And um, it, it's, it's just such an incredible story and journey. Um, sometimes when you're in the thick of it, going through all of that stuff, there's, you know, also all sorts of emotions, attitudes. Um, there's a lot of, trauma. Uh, there can be emotional flare-ups, but um, wanted to really just share where I'm at uh, in 2024 compared to where I was at in 2018. Yeah. One thing that's really um, crazy for me is just thinking back on when we rekindled our friendship, the two of us, and you know when we started to um, you know, see each other on a very frequent basis, a lot of that had to do with you know spending time in the gym every morning together. But I think that was just right after this all kind of happened this kind of pivot in your life i think that was similar timing is that right is that it, well? it was yeah we started we got reconnected um i, I want to say the second half of 2018 into 2019 um mm -hmm. and starting in 2019 is when we really started lifting every day together um and making a more focused effort on just growing our relationship and doing that through the gym yeah, I mean, I, I just try to think back to what you were like then versus now. And obviously, I think we both changed a lot over the last four or five years. But um, I think you kept a lot of that pretty internal, you know, like you really didn't um, vent or express yourself that much when we first started, you know, getting back together. And I just at the time did not realize how much just stuff you're going through. So um, it's crazy yeah, you know, how fast time goes by. I think part of that for me was my, my parents went through divorce when I was a kid. I was in the sixth grade and I had always told myself that that was something that I didn't want to have for my family. Um, there was a lot of dysfunction growing up. My dad was an engineer for Amtrak and so he would be in town for two days and then he'd be out of town for two or three days. And so he was kind of in our life, out of our life, in our life. And that was very difficult, I think, just from a family dynamic for, for him, um, for my mom, for, you know, everyone's relationship. And over the years, what happened is, you know, they 
grew apart. Um, you know, there were some affairs that he had. And it just created a very stressful, at times, uh, you know, childhood. And when they did get divorced, I, I just told myself, you know, I don't ever want to do that. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm not going to get divorced. And so that was a, a really big priority of mine. Um, and, well, that didn't happen, though. You know, here we are talking about my divorce. So, <laughs> well, what, what's the, uh, I, I should have looked this up before we started today, but I wonder what the percentage is in 2024 with the divorce rate. I'm sure it's well over 50% now. I think it was, you know, maybe pushing 60%, I think, in the last time I checked. I haven't checked it often, but I think it's pretty high. Yeah, I, I haven't checked either, but I, I know that it is high. Um, and a, a lot of that has to do with, I think, in my opinion, values. Um, mm -hmm. You know, what are each other's values? Um, what are your goals? Uh, what are you focused on? How do you want to go about those goals? What are you looking at? And what do you want from a family perspective? And at the end of the day, my ex, my ex-wife and myself, like we, we really weren't on the same page with a lot of those things. Um, when we got together, I was only 24 years old. She was five years older than me. And I was kind of fresh out of college. And really, you know, discovering who I was at the time, and that that's something that's a lifelong journey, and it's you know in and of you know it, itself there. But um, I think not really having a strong definition of you know who I am, what my values are, what I'm looking for, you know, it, it we didn't get together for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. When yeah, I mean, thinking too about just how much I have changed. I know from the age of 24 till today, and I mean, everybody does, but having at least some of those um, similar goals just to grow together and hopefully have yeah. when you're hitting those growth points, you know, you're on the same path and aligned and not separating like it sounds like happened with you guys. But so you met her um, after college, you're working uh, at a bank and that's where you met her. Yeah, I, I was working for a mortgage bank and she was a customer. Um, she came in for a loan application. I was actually working for her aunt and uncle, and I was the one that was assigned to help her um, go through the purchase process, and that's how we got connected. So let's just kind of dive into kind of what what happened uh, or, you know, how things started to take a turn to the south. So let's talk about how this adversity all began. Yeah, and, and before we get into that, you know, I, I wanted to share – my perspective when it comes to adversity, just when you touched on at, at the beginning of the podcast here, one of my favorite Bible verses is James 1, 2 to 4. And what that verse talks about is how we look at adversity. Um, this, was, this was a verse that I came across probably about 12 years ago. And it's something that has stuck with me ever since. But this verse talks about how when adversity, when problems, when challenges come into your life, you should receive those with pure joy. And how counterintuitive does that sound? You know, problems coming into your life, challenges, you want to receive those with pure joy, but those are the blessings because when you have problems, adversities, challenges, you know, all of these issues that come into your life, it gives you an opportunity to grow as a person, to grow as a leader, uh, to grow as a man of faith, as a husband, uh, gives you an opportunity to be more mature. And so that's something that has always led me. Uh, that's something that I believe in as well. And so any problem that I have, I always fall back in that verse, you know, just reminding myself that, you know what, this is a gift. This is a blessing. Sometimes that anxiety will still spike up if, you know, if you have a problem or a huge expense or whatever it is. 
Um, but then I have to remind myself, this is an opportunity. This is a blessing. Yeah, just that mind shift of even just taking that word out of your vocabulary and switching it out with words like opportunity. Mm -hmm. And at the time, in the moment, it's hard to see past the chaos going on. But man, every time that I've had stuff similar, you know, just with adversities, you get past that phase, you look back upon it, and it's always, without a doubt, in some way, an opportunity for you to grow and improve somehow. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that is the gift. Um, going back to your original question, you know, if, if you would have asked me in 2018, the status of our relationship and our marriage, um, you know, what was that like? I would have said it's good. Uh, I, I would have said that on a scale of one to 10, it's maybe a six and a half or a seven. Um, I would have acknowledged that there are some things that we can improve on. Um, but I, I was content. I, I wouldn't say that I was ecstatic, but I was content and one day she just told me, she was like, I'm done. I'm getting divorced. Uh, I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm done with this marriage. I'm done. And I was just caught off guard. I mean, I was so caught off guard. I, I couldn't even believe it. Um, and looking back at that, I, I was like, I will do whatever it takes to make this work. Um, I will, you know, if we need to go to counseling, if we need to, you know, rework schedules, whatever it takes, I'm committed. Um, but she had just decided that she had enough. She didn't want to be married anymore. Um, and so just hearing that news, it, it was just so shocking, um, just shaking me to my core. I, I didn't want that for my kids. I didn't want that for myself. And so coming to terms with that was very very difficult so at this time your kids were five and six six and seven what were their ages yeah they're about six and seven both in second grade and this news when it got dropped on you you're, you're at home you kind of came home from work and uh excuse me honey we need to talk that kind of thing yeah it, it was something kind of like that and she just mentioned that you know she was going to be moving out she was going to be filing for divorce um, I was, I was very, just incredibly heartbroken. I was extremely, extremely upset and, um, anger, just incredible amounts of anger towards her. I felt like she was being extremely selfish, but the reality is that, you know, I, I, I have to take accountability for my actions. And I was in a lot of areas my, in my life being being selfish. I was being the selfish one, except I didn't realize that until after the fact. And so it's not something, you know, six years later, when we were going through the divorce, I was very critical of her. Um, six years later, though, I realize all of my shortcomings and the things that I was doing wrong, the things that I wasn't participating in. And so that's given me a completely different perspective. So if you could have, you know, gone back to the future, you know, going back in time, I guess it would have been like 12 years ago, whenever you guys first met and kind mm -hmm. of started dating, would you have, looking back on it, would you have done something differently? Would you have waited longer before asking her, you know, to marry you? Was there, were you not at a point that maybe was truly like ready to be, have being made that decision? Was it like, what was the, your feeling on if you could have gone back? Yeah, if I could go back, you know, obviously I have two kids and I'm so thankful for them, love them so mm -hmm. much. 
Um, and I, and I've never been one to say if I could go back, I would do things differently because yeah. you know when when you have kids, those dynamics aren't always realistic. And you know, mm-hmm. I love my kids, and I, I wouldn't do anything differently be because I have them. And you know, and, and we did have a lot of really really positive years. I think though the mistake and the issues where those came from was a lot of that was just in reference to my emotional maturity, um, what I was looking for. Um, you know, at, at the time being 24 years old, when we got together, you're not asking yourself, um, you know, how does this person make me feel? What is their energy like? What is their lifestyle? What are their goals, their ambitions? I was thinking more along the lines of, am I having fun with this person? Um, do I find her physically attractive? Do I enjoy hanging out with her? And all of those were yes, but it still doesn't mean that we're always compatible. And mm-hmm. I think just misidentifying our our values, our goals, um, you know, how we wanted to just live life and go about our day to day, just just very very different. Mm-hmm. You know, we were de- we're definitely more opposites than we are similar. And you know, there's that expression: birds of a feather fly together; opposites attract. And so you can make both of those work. But the reality is, is that fundamentally, um, our just our beliefs, our views, our goals, our ambitions, very, very opposite. Yeah, I know you've commented before about how you were not in a rut, but you were, um, I guess, content with where you were at the time with your career, um, not really having the sense of desiring more, pushing yourself to get to that next mm-hmm. level. I remember you've commented before about how you were, everything was good, but you weren't really, you know, pushing yourself to be better. And I wonder if part of that too comes from who you're with and, you know, what kind of relationship is kind of transpiring over time with that person. That's exactly right. Like when we went through our divorce and the years prior, I was on a salary at my job. I was very comfortable. I wasn't pushing myself. I wasn't challenging myself. Um, I wasn't intentional about going to the gym. I was just coasting through life and I wasn't even aware of it. And so this divorce was an incredible wake-up call, um, just something that, you know, and, and, and I believe that all of us will have like three or four wake-up calls throughout our entire life, and th- there's not a lot of them. And so when you have a wake-up call, it could be a business failing, it could be a loved one dying, it could be a divorce. Um, and, you know, my, my mom passed away a couple of years ago, and that was another wake-up call. So I've had really, you know, three wake-up calls in my life, and and this at the time was the loudest and the most severe. And what I realized is that I was not living a life of who I was called to be. I was not being intentional. Um, I was not being focused on personal growth. And so this gave me an opportunity. I I saw this once the dust settled from the divorce and my emotions calmed down and settled down. I said, Ben, you know what? This is an opportunity to reset sail on your life. You get to rediscover who you are. With this marriage, I had totally lost my identity as a man, as a leader, as a dad. I was so focused on pleasing my ex that I was, you know, crossing boundaries that I normally never would have for myself. I was compromising my own values. And along the way, I had completely lost my sense of self, my sense of identity, who I was. And I wasn't even aware that any of that was happening. So um, once I realized this, I was like, you know what? I get to decide 
where I'm going to go, how I'm going to lead my life, what things I'm going to do. Um, at the time of the divorce in 2018, I had just transitioned to a job that was 100% commission. And then with where she was at, she ended up leaving the state. So oh, like all, almost overnight, I am on 100% commission that I just transitioned into. I now have two kids I have to raise on my own. And I'm trying not to have panic attacks, like asking myself, can I do this? Um, I can't even imagine, man. And it was a time of just like this incredible gut check. Um, but here we are six years later. And, and, I, and I've told her this. Now, six years later, I am so thankful that she did what she did. And she had the courage to do that because it really was in her best interest. It was in my best interest. And it was in our family's best interest, even though it was described and it felt like a huge negative. It took a lot of courage for her to actually do that and take that step. And so that's something that I have absolutely no ill will. I am not angry. And in fact, I thank her that she had the courage for doing that. So this adversity, you know, it's not like it happens. I mean, for you, I guess, in a, in a sense, it did kind of happen immediately because of this conversation that she had with you. But from that point, how long was it where you were really in this kind of low point of your life? Like, was that a, a week, a month, six months, a year? Like, what, what, what would you say was like that length of time? And what do you think was like the catalyst of kind of, you know, getting over that and uh, switching out kind of your perspective on glass half full, not half empty? Yeah, you know, going through the court process and just the division of assets and the separation of you know, just un unwinding everything from the kids to visitation to, you know, that was an extremely emotional process as well. And we were able to navigate that for the most part in a, in a respectful way. There were some bumps along the way, but that, I mean, that, that was a really, really incredibly difficult six months. I mean, I, I remember going to work and just looking out the window, you know, turning my computer on, turning my chair around and just looking out the window for six hours at a time. Eight hour time, you know, Good just employee right there. Or that was just, when you were self-employed. Yeah. 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 That's even worse. And, and just completely devastated and heartbroken. Um, and there was about six months where I was just completely worthless. Um, you know, and, and I tried not to let that come across to the kids, but I just remember going to work and like not doing a thing just because I was so distraught and my emotions were just crushed and all over the place. Um, so yeah, so, so for really six months, just extremely, extremely difficult. So obviously you're very lost, you know, in that time, who did you lean on to get support emotionally or just kind of life experience people that maybe have gone through similar stuff? Did you seek out people that you already knew or was it more of like reading and just that side of, of improvement? Like how did you, kind of help yourself get through this? Yeah, I, I think that's so important. And I started reading books on relationship and marriage. Um, you know, one thing that I realized is that I was not fulfilling her needs. And at the time, I didn't really understand that males and females, we have very different needs. And so that kind of puts you, it kind of gives you an idea of where I was at with my relationship maturity level, where it's like, I'm thinking that the things that are important to me are also the things that are important to her. And it's just not the case. Um, we're, we're very, very different. And what women need in a relationship compared to what men, men need 
are very, very different. And so I never realized that I was not fulfilling her needs. And I, I was always trying to be the very best that I was, but I wasn't being intentional. So I never had any ill will or I was never trying to, um, you know, not be a productive, healthy partner. But I also wasn't really engaged and educating myself and learning and growing. So I did a lot of reading. Uh, that gave me a better idea of her perspective and where she was coming from. And then I also just hired a relationship coach. And that was so helpful. Um, I can't tell you how many times I cried during those sessions and, you know, the, the things that we talked about and, and shared, she was so helpful. And I think men, especially a lot of times we don't want to share our emotions and our feelings and how we feel. But I, I really believe, you know, if you want to do something and do something well, um, go, go get a coach. And I have a business coach. I have a gym coach. I had a relationship coach at the time. And so that was something that helped tremendously, um, just, just going through the grieving process. And that also helped to start set the pathway for me, as far as just rediscovering who I am, really starting to develop those healthy habits again, and identifying those things that really brought me fulfillment. Um, you know, for example, at the time I was watching so much TV, I would watch the news every night. I would watch sports on the weekend. I would watch hours upon hours every single week of television. After my divorce, I cut all of that out. So, and, and, and today I do not have a TV subscription service. I don't have cable. And so I went from spending dozens of hours a week watching TV to where now that's just not part of my life at all. I, I do not watch TV. Um, I also gave up alcohol. I'm, I've been alcohol free now for over three years. Uh, that has been a very, very um, big change in my life. And, and, and I used to, you know, there, there were points where I would, would drink too much or party at times, but alcohol was always kind of a part of my life. And I wanted to leave that behind. I started going to the gym every day, made that a priority. I started running again. Um, I got more intentional with my faith, reading my Bible, my devotional, going to church. Um, I also started working out, um, you know, just, just, just very consistently living a much more intentional life and then reading daily. And you as a gym partner, as a friend, as an accountability partner was also someone that really helped identify and challenge me to do some of those things. And they've just had a tremendous impact and um, they, all, all of those things have radically changed my life. Who I am in 2024 is so different than who I was in 2018. And then your, your kids, I guess they're at an age where they're old enough to understand what's going on, but still young enough to maybe not have quite the same grasp as if, as if they were in maybe middle school, high school, you know, a little bit older. So yeah. do you feel like there was a, um, a side of this challenging time in your life where you only had so much to put out and to give others it's kind of like, you know, you got to, you got to fill up your own tank before you help others or, you know, you got to feed yourself before helping others. I just think yeah. about like, man, it being that type of um, low point in your life where you feel completely deflated, yet you still have to be a, a, you know, a father to these two kids. You still have these obligations. Mm -hmm. I just think, man, I mean, cause I'm, I don't have any kids and I'm not dealing with that part of my dynamic of life, but man, I just think that has got to be whole other level of adversity and challenges, just having other people, you know, relying on you when you're at your low. 
Yeah, I mean, there there was so much pressure. Um, I was all of all of a sudden a single parent. Um, their mom lived out of state, uh, fifteen hundred miles away, and there was the financial burden. Like, can I do this? Can I provide? Um, I I was also grieving at the time. You know, dealing with my own loss. One one of the best things I did though was I hired a live-in nanny, even though at the time I didn't. I was like, you know what? I don't I don't know if I can afford this. I don't know if I can really do this. I, I hired a live-in nanny and she came in, lived at the house with us, and she took care of all those things that are incredibly important. A lot of those d- domestic responsibilities, you know, cooking, cleaning, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, um, helping with the kids, uh, getting them taken to school. And that just allowed me to leverage my time so much. I, I tried doing all of that on my own for about six months after the divorce. And I was like, I, I can't do this. I literally cannot do this. There's, I, there's so much work in the office. Um, there's so much work at home and I wasn't spending any meaningful time with my kids. And I, I just realized I need to have faith here and do this. And it was one of the best decisions that I ever made. And having that live in nanny radically changed my life and my relationship with my kids. So the time that I did spend with them after we had the nanny was extremely intentional and that's been something else that I've incorporated after the divorce. I now have scheduled one-on-one time with both kids every single week. My son and I get together Tuesday afternoon and evenings, um, and that's on the calendar. We'll spend anywhere from two to four hours together. And then my daughter and I do the same thing on Thursday. And it's just one-on-one time, time with dad, where we get to do it, you know, whatever, talk about whatever, and just really spend time together and work on our relationship. And that's just been life-changing for myself, my kids, and our relationship. Yeah, it's not necessarily, you know, the amount of time, but the the quality of the time that you're spending together. And that's awesome that you're really understanding that and intentional with the time you have. It's just one-on-one like that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's been so rewarding. And having to go through all of these fires over the last six years and, you know, looking back, um, how much my life has changed, where I'm at now as a man and my perspective as a dad, as a partner. Um, I just, I, I'm so thankful that what happened happened. And I, I don't look at that divorce now with any negative whatsoever. As I mentioned, I mean, I'm very thankful that Angelica did what she did. And it's, it's been, it's part of my story. And whenever I hear that someone, has gone through a divorce. I try and really just go out of my way. At, at the time, you know, divorce is such a big part of our culture. You know, you hear about it in the movies, you read about it in the newspapers, um, you read articles about celebrities going through divorce. And but until you've actually gone through it, um, it, it's something that I would not wish upon my worst enemy. It was that difficult for me. But now, six years later. Um, you know, it's, it really was such a blessing to have gotten the opportunity to go through that. So I guess the only one other thing I'd like to just to chat about for a minute, and I really appreciate being open and vulnerable about all this. Um, yeah. From an outsider's perspective, it just, you know, I didn't know you um, nearly as well during that time when you were still on a salary position at, um, I think it was Wells Fargo, right? Yeah, Wells Fargo, Chase, and then Academy Mortgage. Um. It just seems though like, you know, if you had your, your net worth or your, just your 
your level of success financially and just, you know, on that side of things, if you had that kind of lined up with a another line of kind of your, your marriage or when all this stuff kind of went south, obviously there might've been that like six month period of time where you were just aimlessly looking out the window. I'm guessing you probably didn't make a ton of money during that six months, but it sure mm-hmm. seems like, you know, this trajectory happened very coincidentally yeah. around the same time as all of this. And I mean, like put rocket boosters on it. It just seems like you just like, like really took off and it coincidentally happened like right around that same time after you got through the, the low point of all of this. I, I, that, that is so true. And looking back on my personal timeline, I mean, things for me professionally really, really took off shortly after the divorce. And I was this close to going back into a salary position. I remember walking into my boss's office and saying, you know what, I'm going through a divorce. I just, I, I can't be on this hundred percent commission job. I, I need to go back to a salary where I know what to expect and it's going to be comfortable. And he, he just told me, he's like, I know what you're going through, but trust me, you, you don't want to do that. You want to stay on this path that you're on. And he talked me out of going back onto a salary and staying in my current role. And wow, I mean, things, things for me have just changed incredibly. At, at the time, I owned my primary residence. Now I have a total of 19 different units over three states. Um, everything from traditional investment properties to short-term vacation rentals to duplexes, um, you know, to parcels of land. And that, you know, that all of that, all of that happened uh, after the divorce. And so my life, my world, my, my, my lifestyle is still, you know, very similar. I'm, I'm very, you know, engaged. I don't live beyond my means. Um, but the things that we've done, my family and I, and the things that we've got to do are just night and day from 2018 to 2024. Yeah. It's almost like maybe that scarcity mindset, even though it's two different types of scarcity, one, obviously being your, your lover, your partner kind of, you know, missing out on that. But at the same time, it's like you took that energy that you're putting in to that relationship and just using this pivot as an Mm -hmm. opportunity to go all in, you know, just really being focused and intentional on your career and crazy to think in five years, I guess, maybe even a little less than that, just a good testament to how much can be accomplished if you're really focused and just working hard and um, keeping to the, the same path, you know, not shiny object syndrome where you're changing ideas and directions every six months, but just you've had a very intentional, clear direction on this in, in five years. I mean, that's very, very inspiring. So. Yeah, thank awesome. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's been quite the quite the journey and this is my story and it's not something that I'm embarrassed about. It's not something that you know, I don't want to talk about. I am very open about this. And 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 the reason for that is because I, I think so many people when they go through a divorce, they feel like a failure and they feel like they failed their partner, they failed themselves, they failed their relationship, they failed on their kids. And that's not always the case. I felt that way at times. I felt that way, you know, I, I was letting myself down, my kids down, my family down. Um, my mom was very, very supportive as I was going through this. She's not here anymore, but you know, she was someone who really just went above and beyond with her care and her concern and encouraged me. Um, but I, I just want to be someone that gives others hope. Um, it, it, it's very, very difficult to go through a divorce. And there is light at the end of the tunnel, though. 
but you have to be willing to take accountability and responsibility for your actions for your part of the failure. And I see, I see a lot of people when they go through a divorce where they're just constantly pointing fingers and they're angry and they're disgruntled. And I'm talking years later and you have to learn to forgive yourself. You have to learn to forgive your partner and you don't want to hold on to that hate. You don't want to hold on to that resentment or that anger because it's going to poison you. And so, so that's, that's one thing that I see quite a bit and I want to help people to encourage them, give them hope and teach them how to forgive. Yeah, if you're not learning from your mistakes, good chance they're going to have divorce number two around the corner, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, cool, man. Well, that was very, very uh, inspiring on my end. Um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners has felt the same way. Is there anything else you want to just kind of close us with when it comes to adversity and just kind of getting through these low points and looking at them as opportunities as opposed to negative events happening? Yeah, I mean, I think that's it right there looking at adversities as opportunities um, because that's really what they are. The, the adversities are the blessings, you know, going through this divorce for me, it's about the, it's, it's about the person that I got the opportunity to become. I've grown so much. I've learned so much. I'm a totally different person. And had, had that divorce not happened, I would not have gotten that opportunity. And so whatever mm -hmm. you're going through, whatever challenges you're going through, whatever difficulties you have, be thankful that you have those because they are opportunities for you to grow, to learn, and just to become better, more responsible, more mature. Love that. Well, thank you, man. That was really, really, really awesome, man. Thank you. That is my guys. Yeah. Well, there you have it. If you want to uh, – if you're going through something hard such as a divorce, you need a little – Pep, uh, little pep talk, maybe a little pick me up. Ben is available to uh, do one-on-one -on -one counseling. He's always only a phone call away if you need that person to learn from other people's struggles. And uh, I'm sure he would give you a little bit of hope if you're going through anything like that. So that's right. All right, guys. Well, looking forward to sharing with you a similar episode next week. I'm going to kind of share similar adversity that I went through and looking forward to that. But until then, have a great rest of your week. All right. Until next week. Thanks for watching, guys. Bye.